Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader, and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult, and, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 16 of the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, John O'White, founder and principal consultant of Clarity. And today's guest is Mike Ma. Mike is the founder and owner of TPT Group in New Zealand. As a New Zealand entrepreneur, he holds a number of governance roles across TPT Group and over 21 years, Mike has led 10 successful startup companies and completed 12 acquisitions. TPT Group comprises companies in the electronic security, information technology, data communications, future innovation, including robotics and artificial artificial intelligence, finance and commercial property sectors. Mike, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's great to it's great to chat with you today. Hey, thanks, John. Great to be here, and uh, thanks for the opportunity. And uh, let's start off by getting a bit of context for listeners who. Uh, before we hear your story, just to understand a bit more about TPT Group and a bit more about what you do. And uh, as I, I'm just looking at this, looking at the at the bio that I just read out around the 12 acquisitions and 10 startup, I, I think it's going to be a great conversation about, um, I can't wait to find out, uh, you know, more about your story and the things you've learned. But what does the context look like today in terms of um, your role today and uh, the group of companies and what that sort of looks like as an overview for people listening? Yeah, look, uh, again, it's been a crazy entrepreneurial journey. So though I'm the owner of the group, um, I'm also still in the CEO seat. Uh, but TPT is really our ultimate parent company. And so that has independent directors that sit on it from a governance perspective. And uh, But basically, it's really an investment vehicle. So again, family-owned investment vehicle that invests in different businesses. We start businesses, we acquire businesses, and we're about growing businesses. And I guess we're, our tagline is growing great businesses. Yeah. And uh, hey, so we're not really in it, we're not in it for the money. We're about, we're, but we're really passionate about business and how we build great companies. Yeah, I love that. And, uh, and I think already from the little conversation we had before, I think there's some, uh, there's a real deep passion around uh, organizational culture when you're starting and then when you're acquiring. And I think um, they would be different. It'll, there'd be a lot of overlap, but that, I imagine there'd be some different challenges in there. So that's probably a good segue to go into the story. So tell us the Mike Ma story in terms of um, how you became the leader you are today and ended up doing what you are today. And feel free to go back as far as you want. Tell us, tell us a bit more about your story. Hey, look, I mean, I started off as an electrical apprentice at a, at a power company. So I've... Uh, I guess a lot of growth mindset and a journey of constantly learning and and probably uh, you know I'm probably uh, yeah I guess you've yeah, grown up from a trade and tools up is I've, I've learnt is everything is really about people and I guess you know from that early career that natural disconnect that happens between leadership and the people on the ground and. Mm. So growing up in leadership is yeah, how do you break that down and how do you be real and, and, and how do you create a great business and a great culture? 
and and I think you know everything is a fruit of culture. Mm. Every single thing in a business, whether that's customer service, is it quality, um, health and safety, profitability, everything is a fruit of culture. And uh, so yeah, so I sort of one of my first leadership roles was in a multinational uh, business as a divisional manager where every staff member was older than me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the challenge of that and saying, who's this young upstart coming and sort of telling me what to do? But but I think it, it actually shaped my leadership um, quite a lot because, one, I didn't know anything. And even now I look back after, what, 27 years in management, I think how little I know now, but I must have known nothing back then. But <laughs> but but what I, I did find is I couldn't tell them what to do I had to work alongside them I had to roll my sleeves up I had to be one of the team and I had to engage you know and so I think that was quite shaping um, in my leadership style Mm. you know I think um, the thing I love about that is uh, in my experience as well I I think if people want a really great uh, sort of deep end experience of leadership. There's there's a couple of things. Is have people older than you on the on, on your team, um, and, and maybe more experienced than you that you're leading. And then the other thing is, uh, I think you get a similar thing when you're leading volunteers. So if people can lead in not for profits, <laughs> in a sort of charity or not for profit, because then you lose. I think the thing that's powerful about both of those things, like you experienced with having it uh, having people in your team who are older than you, is you lose a little bit of the positional authority uh because people are older than you so you don't have this automatic or you you definitely can't assume you do anyway and so it forces you to from square one i think you have to lead better because you can't rely on that oh well i'm the i'm the boss you know which is actually just a really terrible way to lead um but i i certainly found both of those things can be uh can be helpful so it sounds like that was pretty instrumental and when did you i guess for you you were in this divisional role managing when did you start your first company or, or step into your first role where you were CEO, where Mike was actually, uh, you know, in that, in that sort of leadership role where there's no one telling you what to do. You're now in the, in the seat really having to make the calls on, on direction and strategy. Well, probably really uh, it was a couple more of those sort of big corporate roles I had after that, uh, mm. which sort of shaped me to the point where I actually, do I want to work for a big corporate anymore? You know, because I always had this dream of really owning my own business, you know? Yes. And, uh, yeah, I never thought I could do it. I'd go home to my wife and complain about my day, and she would yeah. say, well, you know, you can do You can go and work for yourself. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but then one, suddenly one day I did, I just sort of um, decided, these guys can do it, I can do it. And uh, I bought a a really old Mazda station wagon and I actually fell back on my trade and I strapped a tool belt back on. Wow. Yeah. And started the group we are today and I had friends come and visit me and say, You're mad. You're throwing your career away and you know, <laughs> but it was never never about the money. It yeah. was I was just over it, you know, and and uh, and so the rest is history, you know, and then you know and, and then we just grew and grew. So, yeah, but it's all been, always been driven by a passion for business, and yeah. um, and 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 it's about mastering the game, you know. And so, it's, and I guess our first business was an electrical business, and so it grew over the space of two or three years, and 
Then we did our first acquisition um, of part of the Siemens business. Yep. And we built the advanced security business. And, and you know, I used to always get bored working for, for a corporate. Like after 20 years, I'd be climbing the walls, you know. But <laughs> journey of 22 years. So last month we celebrated 22 years in business, you know. Yeah. You know, but it's never a dull moment. It's it's always, oh, let's go and buy another one. Let's go start something. Let's go and buy another building. And, and you know, so it's quite dynamic and, and constantly changing. So, Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, I really resonate with that in terms of uh, some people, some people look at um, me uh, starting Clarity and I think people go, wow, it must be, it must be really hard to do that. And I, and it's sort of like, well, yes, it is, it is, it is hard work starting anything, but there's also something in me where that feel almost feels like it was inevitable. Like it was just, it, it was just like something I had to do. And it's just like, I feel so, I, I love it so much that you, you sort of take any, you take all the challenges. And I certainly feel for me, you know, um, I get so excited about entrepreneurship. I really resonate with that. The, the idea of, it's always different. Every day is different. You, um, and, and I think some, yeah, there's maybe some people have never experienced that, or maybe some people don't who start their own businesses, but don't have that wiring for that go, this is just exhausting. But for me, I always look at that and I go, oh, I just don't get that for me. It's so dynamic. Dynamic's a great word. Um, tell yeah. us about, tell us about your first acquisition and, um, and, uh, and, and I guess what that looked like as a leader coming in and doing something you've never done before. You've obviously grown and you've, you've been growing a business that you started from that point. But I imagine acquisition, well, you can actually tell me because uh, how different is acquisition to starting? Yeah. And grow the two. Look, yeah, you're very different challenges. Um, both, uh, you have to build a culture and you have to provide leadership too, right? And then... Yeah. Um, but the first acquisition was part of the Siemens business and, and um, you know, taking, I guess, a piece of a multinational and bringing it into private ownership and, and the challenges around that. And, again, trying to get back to that, hey, you know, we certainly don't, didn't have the deep pockets of what a multinational would have around business and how you had to sort of retrain the thinking of the people. Yes. And, and actually build a strong culture. So day one around that, we did a lot of work around, uh, you know, work style profiles and team building stuff to actually rebuild the foundations of that business under yes, our ownership. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the whole thing of acquisitions today, because we've just done our 12th in the last sort of week and a half. Um, oh, wow. And we've got number 13 and 14 on the way, is that, you know, it starts first with people. It starts first around culture. Yeah. And so the first day when we buy a business, we send all the staff with their families out for dinner on us, you know, because that's who we are. We celebrate our people and our culture. And yeah. and that's the start of how we build the business. It's always based around the who first. And we look, we have an analogy we use in our management meetings and in the business, and that's around a jigsaw puzzle, right? Yeah. If you've ever done a jigsaw as a child, um, you get to the end, and most people doing a jigsaw, even if it's a was jig one over Christmas, you know, gee, someone says, you sure there's enough pieces here? You sure we're not missing some, you know? <laughs> and because you need every piece of the jigsaw to complete the picture, right? Yeah, yeah. But an organisation is the same. Every every piece of the jigsaw is a person in, in the company, and it takes every person doing what they do to build a great business. And 
you know, no one piece is more important than the other. The CEO is not more important than an apprentice or an administrator. Mm. Everyone's got a role to play. They're just different roles, you mm. know. And in a great culture, every piece should be recognised, you know. Yeah, I agree. Recognised and, and valued. And if people feel that, then that's, an, that's a mighty... Uh, that's a, you're a long way towards a lot of wins. I feel like if your people can say, I feel valued here, I feel like that's almost the, you're sort of halfway there. Um, everything else becomes so much easier, I think. So from a purely, um, uh, in terms of like the, the perspective on how it impacts the business is it actually makes a lot of sense. But I also think there's something in your saying where it's the right thing to do, right? Like people, it is what it is about. And, um, and definitely for you, like I said, it's not about money. It's about growing great businesses and that starts with the who. Um, yeah. I'd love to ask you for, I guess, for, for, someone, for someone listening who is going, oh, man, I, I really, my department that I'm leading, uh, my, bus- my small business that I own, or even someone who's, um, who's in, a, in a senior leadership role of a larger business, and they're really going, we need to, we need to do culture which i hear a lot people like we need to i need to do something (laughs) about our culture where would you where would you start what are the and what are the biggest levers in your experience for really shifting culture look i i think it's um very much around you know organizations talk culture Mm. but they're not accountable around culture and what's more is they won't put their money where their mouth is around culture so and, and culture, I think, is something you invest in every single day, right? Yeah. And sometimes it's just the way you respond to a situation or it could be like we do, um, t- it's compulsory for every team uh, and business to go out for lunch or breakfast on the company every month and they're not allowed to talk about work. You know, it's about connecting as a team. And, mm. you know, we have staff awards where you're not allowed to nominate yourself, you nominate your peers and yes. to, um, we send families out for dinner, you know, so an employee's done a great job, takes their family out. And what that's about is a child saying, hey, so mum, why is work paying for our dinner tonight? And mum's saying, well, son, that's because they say I've done a really good job, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Just maybe one day when it's mum's funeral, maybe that son gets up and says, you know, I remember for all the years mum worked at TPT Group, you know, the amount of times we went out for dinner on the company because they just said mum was so awesome at what she did. Mm. That's legacy, you know. Mm. And there's so much thing around culture, you know. But in a great culture, we recognise the great, but equally too, we, um, you know, we have those honest conversations and because we're, we're about building great teams and great companies, Yes. And then we've got to be able to have those other honest discussions with people in a constructive way to shape them to be in our culture too, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, um, and I think that's what you do when you really value someone. You know, when you really, if you look at your, your most significant relationships, which is where you value people the most, you know, with your partner, and, and with, your, with your kids, with your closest friends, it's that, um, I think in the, in the healthiest way, it's that combination, isn't it, of investing time and i love how you're doing that and i i think you're really creative with that my, my brain's sort of ticking over hearing you unpack how you do some of those things they're so practical but it's actually investing your money where where you're you're in what you're talking about but it's putting an investment in time 
and saying, you, you people are actually valuable enough to be able to go out on the company and spend some time together because, and not talk about work because we know that that's, that's really important. Um, and, but then if you think about your most significant relationships, you have honest conversations and the best friendships are those friendships where you can, you know, you've got a close enough mate where you can call each other out on something and still be friends, say exactly what you think. And I think it should be the same in companies, but it comes from a place of valuing the person. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and even when, look, it's the wrong piece in the jigsaw puzzle, you know, so occasionally we get the wrong person as part of the team. We still yeah. love the person, right? Because everyone, yeah. our whole team sees how we treat that person. So we still love them, but they're yes. not, not, not be part of the right jigsaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And it doesn't mean that those things are uh, necessarily any easier when you have those conversations. I think they're always hard. But if you're willing to have the conversations and you recognize, you, you have the honest conversations and you really, really double down on recognizing people and encouraging them for, for who they are. Um, I think it sounds like you guys do that really, really well. And it's obviously very important to you. Um, what are, as you look back over, you know, 22 years, what are some of the moments since you started, uh, you know, TVT group, what are some of the moments that come to mind that, um, you think back to and you think that really shaped some of the things you do today you know it might have been a big win you had with a particular employee where you really felt like you had to put your um you know really put your money where your mouth was and really work through stuff but that ended up being a big win and they actually you know really helped them turn around their performance and and find or it might be uh something completely different i don't know what uh, what comes to mind look um Look, there's been many things. There's a lot of things we do by stealth with, with our team and things like that. I remember years ago we had an employee who came to see me and he was sort of, like, you know, like I would say he didn't report to me. He was another part of the organisation. And he came to see me and said, look, Mike, I've got cancer and uh, I I want to ask if you'll keep my job so I go and fight this and give me six months off and, mm. you know, could you pay all my annual leave? Uh, and so I can go and deal with this. And look, we, I sort of said, you know, look, hey, really sorry about that. Absolutely, you can keep your job. But no, we're not going to pay your leave out. We'll just put you on full pay, you know. Hmm. And, and it's these moments like that where you realise you can really impact someone's life for good in the way you actually respond in these different situations. And, and this guy, hmm. you know, stood up and he, and he, and he wept in my arms, you know, hmm. And because it was quite profound that he didn't have to worry about his financial situation, he could go and actually, and he was actually on full pay for 12 months. Mm. And, and, and that's something we've always sort of done in those serious, more serious illness situations. But, you know, we teach a lot of our, our employees and in internal leadership training around, you know, you impact how someone goes home at night, you know, yeah. and that's, yeah. that, that, is, that is an amazing privilege you have as a leader on how you respond to situations. Yes, you might want to respond this way, mm. but if you can actually respond this other way, you can have a far, far bigger impact and actually, you know, drive better outcomes and actually, you know, change a life or, again, how someone goes home at night, how they go home and actually treat their kids, how they treat their spouse, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and this is really a real thing. And this is the great thing about leadership, that you can have a huge impact. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's, uh, that's an incredible story. That's just so touching. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, any, other, any other stories come to mind off the top of your head around uh, how you've done culture? I just think 
that people listening are going to be scribbling notes. <laughs> I would not yeah. be surprised if there's going to be some, um, hey, you know, you guys are on the company, go, need to go out and, uh, you know, once a month as a team, just have a, have a meal together. Like, Where'd this come from? Oh, yeah, guy named Mike Ma. I think people will be scribbling notes on this, Mike. Honestly, this is just... <laughs> Brilliant. Look, so yeah, please share share another one. <laughs> share as many as you yeah, want. Yeah, look, we don't we don't get out any textbook. It's just what we sort of feel to do in our culture in real terms, and we focus a lot on that mass hierarchy of needs. And so we also do like staff newsletters, and um, and we do those very the old fashioned way. So they probably cost about three three k a quarter to sort of um or four k a quarter to sort of prepare and print, and and but we actually. And they're about 20 pages long, and we post those out to the staff homes. Yes, yes. we post. We won't email them because they'll never get read. Yeah, We don't hand them out at work because they'll end up underneath the seat of the car and never get home. Um, <laughs> and, but they celebrate who we are. They celebrate our people. They, it gives customer feedback, who's actually getting trained and what their training is and, and um, our new work coming in and, you know, recognising and, informing our people on what we're actually doing as a business and where we're going. But that's about that sitting on the coffee table. So when the son or daughter turns up or the parents or the sister, or they actually sit and read about us too and what, what our team actually do every day. And yes. so it's about engaging our, our people again. And, and I, that even turns up to my house the same way in the post. And I'll sit there and read, even I've seen it before in, yeah. in my case, but I'll sit and read it too on a weekend over a cup of tea or something like that, you know. Yeah. But it's how we engage um, a team. Yeah, that's uh, that's so creative. Uh, where, I guess this is a bit of a broad question, but I can't help but ask it. This is, it's such a deep, it's such a deeply formed passion. And, and to be honest, you do this very differently and, and you're probably aware of that, but I work with lots of leaders and, and hearing the way you, you, you operate, it is very different and good different. You know, I think it's... Um, uh, but I'm interested to know where where did this come from? You know, like, have you always thought like this? If you think back over your time in business, or like, where does this deep passion for um, people and and just some of the some of the way you you treat people, where does that come from? And how Mike thinks about business and and thinks about the world. Look, I, I just I guess I'm a believer that you know. Um, yeah, hey, yeah, businesses have to be profitable and they have to be successful, but mm. um, you've got to invest back in people and you've got to recognise your team that you actually have. And so it really comes down to probably my value set, but you can call me a softie, but um, <laughs> it's, um, again, is, look, I'm just someone who's, look, if there's one thing that keeps me awake at night, and it's probably yeah. the only thing, is if I feel I've let people down. So I'm about... Sure the best I can always to, to do right by people. Yeah. Uh, and, and um, yes, I guess it's just probably right at my core. And I guess being privately owned, when I work for corporates, mm. I used to sometimes pay the staff to go out, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, I'd pay for that personally in a corporate, so to send that staff member out. And one of the cases the company found out about, and then they adopted and started doing that, and I think that's really neat. But it's... it's um, I don't know. It's just something how you really recognise people and how mm. you can actually make a difference. And um, you know, yeah, it's uh, no, it's it's obviously very deeply embedded. Um, 
once again, I guess I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of listeners who are who are listening and, and probably, uh, you know, uh, are listening and just going, "Wow, I have to do this." Uh, what say you've got someone who is in a in a role for a for a large corporate or, or running their own business? What might be a first step for starting to lead in a way that really values people? I know, but if if you were going to do one thing, or if you were sitting over a you know, um, a cup of tea with a, with a listener and they said, Mike, what, what should I do? You know, I've got limited uh, time. Maybe they've got limited budget, but they, they want to do something. What, what would be maybe one thing someone could do to, um, to, in, to invest in, and value their people? I think it's that story. I think a lot of people are quite good at this, but even when you first go into the office in the morning, what do you actually do? You know, mm. do you actually talk to some of your people or do you actually head to your office? And we all yes. have those days where we do head to our office. But, <laughs> but um, you know, but chewing the fat with people or car park conversations and actually saying, so how are you doing, Johnny? Well, how are you really doing, Johnny? And, and actually just living life with people is actually important and taking that time. And I think it's being real, you know, yes. yeah. um, just being real. Um, you know, and we teach a lot around leadership too, is great leaders – you know, we, we focus a lot on the Jim Collins and Level 5 leadership stuff and, yeah. you know, and how we develop Level 5 leaders. And, and you know, Level 5 leaders, about personal humility. And when we fail as a business, it's the leader who takes ownership. You know, when we mm. succeed as a business, it's the team that succeeded. And, you know, great leaders ask questions. They're not afraid to say, I don't have the answers. And that's one mm. thing COVID's taught us, right? We don't have all the answers. <laughs> it's, it's surfing a wave where we don't know where it's heading, you know, and that's sort of what it's felt like. Yeah. But, you know, it's fine to say is be real with your team and say, actually, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how, what we're going to do. What do you guys actually think around this? And But ask those questions upwards, sideways, and downwards is... Mm you know, drives different conversations and that old leadership style of just, well, people thinking, I guess we often see young leaders, they don't want to admit that maybe they don't have the answer, but mm. such a strength, you know, it's how we build great teams, it's how we build great businesses. And to say, I got that wrong, things like that, is, 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 that's, that's great leadership. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, um, it's, uh, it's counterintuitive because you, you want to, particularly for young leaders, you know, they might want to be strong and seem strong and build, they, they want to build their leadership and they want to build their credibility. And so from that place, but really from a deeper place of insecurity, you sort of, you don't admit you're wrong or you, you try to, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you actually don't know. And it's, and it's the counterintuitive fact that you actually need to flip that and be real. Say, I don't know. Say, Hey guys, I dropped, I dropped the ball there. Say, say, I'm sorry. Say, that's probably an area of weakness for me where I, you know, so I'd love some input from you guys because I know this isn't something that I'm particularly strong at. That's where you actually build credibility because that vulnerability helps people uh, build trust, which, yeah, that's... Um, for those listening who don't know about Jim Collins' Level 5 leadership, can you unpack a little bit of, uh, of what that is for those, for those listening? Well, I've really given these sort of like level one through to level five where you can actually be a competent manager like mm. at um, sort of level three. But often that doesn't mean you necessarily are around um, have developed that personal humility or maybe maybe all the all corners haven't been rounded off yet because <laughs> yeah. you haven't been in leadership that long. But the longer you're in leadership, you realise you don't know everything and 
you know, yeah, and you've been knocked off a few times off your perch, and you've, you know, come back and you've come back and you've come back. You end up being a lot more grounded. And level five leaders have that enduring will for the organisation, for mm. the purpose of the organisations around. But it's never actually about themselves, you know. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're trying to look for their success at the whole time to do what's right for the business. It's not about themselves, you know. Yes. And it's about yeah, but all about that person's humility and um, and actually really even drawing pushing tension away from themselves. Yeah, I love that. Um, I love how Jim Collins talks about that because in that uh, is it in uh, is it in good to great with level five yes. leadership yeah yeah good and, to great. and it's he talks about this uh yeah this humility but it, it it's combined with this deep like stable immovable value like that that's so committed to the values of the of who the organization is and that it, it's sort of this really interesting combination of humility which in some ways can come across as um weak not that it is but if you first look at humility you might see it as weak but he sort of makes the point about how it combines with this when it comes to the values and about making hard calls these leaders that he looked at in good to great had this were so steadfast in the direction and in what mattered about who the company was that they were there was such firmness that went with this humility and it makes and and that's really that combination around um level five leadership yeah i love that yeah, that's good stuff, eh? You know, and I think that's really a powerful thing for the leaders. But I think the other thing great about the whole level five leadership thing is is that that leadership is a journey, you know, and it's mm. recognising that it is actually a journey, and um, and it's something we never master either, you know. Yeah. That's one thing we teach in our leadership training courses. Don't judge your your boss even or everything he does. He's on a journey himself, like you're on a journey. <laughs> And, you know, we even teach our people in training courses about go and tell your boss how that he does it when he does a great job, you know, because leadership's really lonely, you know. Yeah, yes. And, and yeah. you know, people need to be encouraged in that because you can have a really tough day, you know. Mm. Uh, you think, gee, do I want to stay in the chair? But So everyone needs encouragement too in the roles they're in. So. Yeah, I love that. Um, speaking of books, uh, you know, because we talked about um, good to great, are there any books in particular that you've, uh, if you think back, that you tend to gift often? You know, and this is a uh, uh, this is a question that um, Tim Ferriss is. Uh, he has a, a podcast, and he wrote the Four Hour Work Week. He often asks guests this question, and so I'm just uh, uh, I'm just stealing this question from him because I love it so much. You know, are there any are there any books that you think, Mike, that you constantly gift uh, gift to people more often than others? Oh, I've, I've, a couple of um... Peter Irvine ones I have out of um, you know Australia Gloria Jean stories and stuff like that you know around yes. pragmatic business approach and and things like that but um, yeah um, and obviously the Jim Collins stuff we've talked about so. yeah okay fantastic and, uh, and and I guess for you as we sort of land today's conversation which I think um, like I said I, I just won't be surprised to hear from listeners who implement some of the things you um, you said, but did you have any final thoughts for for people listening today on on the chat we've had around culture and um, and, and a bit about your journey? Yeah, look, I, I really th- think this this you know what what really drives us and what our purpose is, and we can get so hooked up around EBITDA and earnings and all these different types of things, but it is about people, 
you know, and, you know, and and one of the most rewarding things I often look at, and I look at our business and see how people have actually developed, you know. Yeah. And and we have a a saying in our business, you know, up versus in, you know, the more we can bring people up Mm. in our business, the better, instead of bringing people in. Yeah. Um, We know our culture and, and who we are. But I think, you know, that, that thing on how we develop people and, again, you know, just realise the opportunity you have as a leader today, that you mm. impact how people go home at night, how they treat their kids, their family. You know, um, the way you lead can drive a completely different outcome with a customer, um, with your team uh, and everything like that. And and I think that's that's the amazing thing. Yeah. No. Thank you, Mike. I think that's a great uh, great place to land. That how you lead. You know. Remember when you're when you're getting out of your car or getting off the train. You know, to to walk into the to the office or for many people right now, maybe to turn on Zoom, <laughs> turn on Teams to go into uh, into the first meeting of the day. Just remember how um, remember how your uh, the fact that you have the potential to impact how people go home at night. Uh, that's really, really significant. Um, so uh, I just want to thank all of our listeners. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. I really appreciate that and uh, we really value your time. And once more, uh, a really big thank you to Mike Ma. Uh, Mike, it's been fantastic to have you on the podcast. Like I said, uh, I, I just know there's so much richness in what you've shared that I believe I'm going to hear some stories of people uh, going and doing some of the things you've talked about. So thank you so much for joining me. Hey, look, um, not at all. A real pleasure. And thanks for the opportunity. And you hope there will be some little nuggets in there that some people can apply. It's great, Jono. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. 
and uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O. White, or clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.